This episode is brought to you by Objective Outcomes. If you're tired of fad diets, yo-yo dieting, and quick fixes that don't last, you should start a sustainable, behavior-based personal training that is primed for lifelong changes to promote a healthier lifestyle. You can find us at ObjectiveOutcomesABA.com. Also, if you are seeking remote supervision and interested in the application of ABA in health, sports, and fitness, we offer supervision for unrestricted hours, monthly group supervision where you can meet others on the same track as you. You can find more at ObjectiveOutcomesABA.com. This is an ABA podcast with two BAs and And no no BS. This is two BAs on a pod. So we were going to have a RBT on the podcast today and we were going to talk about like just RBT experience, um, just perspective of being in the field and severe behaviors and how they are dealing with all the controversy of ABA right now. But we can still talk about that because we still lived it and we have our own experiences so i'm excited to talk about my rbt experiences today yeah me too i still am an rbt also so (laughs) it's very relevant for me (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i guess first of all we'll do our eo ao per usual so my eo this week so my my brother he randomly texted me like hey on thursday he texted me like, hey, sis, I'm going to be um, going to the Dodger game. Can I come over after? And I was like, yeah, of course. And then then he's like, oh, can I spend the night? I'm like, yeah, of course. But <laughs> I had to like by Friday, like full transparency, my fucking apartment is a wreck. Like I'm not cleaning. I'm not doing laundry throughout the week. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So my my nephew's here. My, um, my brother's here and his um, ex-wife. His wife, well, not his his ex-wife, but they're together again, is here. (laughs) And um, so he texted me Friday, come over on Saturday. Then he he called me the next day on Friday if they can spend the night. So I had to, like, do all the laundry, clean both of the bathrooms, like, uh, dishes, like, just all the stuff, like, cleaning the, the microwave out. Everything I do, like, over the span of the weekend, I had to do, like, Friday night. And then right. I had to do it um, Saturday morning. So I was like on a cre- – like I started drinking coffee at 9 p.m. on Friday. <laughs> and I felt like I was like on crack. Like just – Oh, my God. Okay, look. My brother is the 10, 13 years in prison. And right. he is very like orderly when you're in prison. Like you have ah, to be right, orderly right. in your cell. Like you have to be clean. And they have like the regimen. Right. So I'm like, he fucking judges me. Like I need to clean the baseboards type of shit. Like <laughs> – yeah, yeah. No, so I get that. I'm like, that yeah. Sense. When he first got out, he was just disgusted by everybody. Like everybody was not clean enough for him, which is crazy because you would think prisons like a disgusting, which it is. I'm sure their cells. This is why I really want to get him on the podcast because there's a lot of yes. politics in prison because he's Mexican. They have to follow mm-hmm. like the Mexican rules, and they're very orderly. Right. Like the the Southerns, whatever they call themselves. You have to be up at a certain time. You have to work out at a certain time. Um, you have to present your cell, like nothing on the bed, like everything folded. Like it's re- it's really crazy because they have a lot of rules and politics. Um, so that's why I was like, okay, my EO is to clean this my apartment in fucking ten, like 10 hours. I did like five hours Friday, five hours Saturday morning, but I did right. it. And that was fun. So that was my EO to clean. And I had put <laughs> Survivor on my phone. I told you guys I wasn't yeah. going to watch Survivor. But I put it on my phone. on, um, And I listened to like a podcast. And yeah. I actually, yeah, I did it while I was cleaning. So I like binged a whole season while I was cleaning. I love that. Um, so that, yeah. So then I'm like, oh, I can just listen to like a podcast. But I did stop like during the competitions when I heard Jeff like going crazy. I had to see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I know. You have to. You have to, but that was my EO. And then my AO is – so I feel, like, so guilty because I was like, okay, I'm going to do Whole Foods. I'm not going to drink, yada, yada, yada. And then here I am Sunday, one week later, hungover. Um, but I did really <laughs> well. Like, from when I like I went on here and said I was going to do Whole Foods, um, I really did 
and I my skin I feel like my I'm not maybe because I'm hungover but my eyes are as like puffy and swollen um my eyes my skin on my eyes so much better right so yeah so I really do think that it did help and I probably not going to um keep drinking after this because I feel like shit right now so I think (laughs) but my AO is to like being hungover I feel like it's a waste of a day so yep that is a AO that I'm trying to get over hopefully with enough fluid and coffee I'll be okay yeah, I'm sure, especially because you are healthy literally like 90% of your time right, or 95. Exactly. So, like, I feel like you yeah. recover faster. Yeah, I think it's, but yeah, it still sucks. Like <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. My AO and my EO are like the same, but for different reasons because they're okay. both my like new work schedule with like, because now I'm not teaching anymore. So, I have two clients. It's an AO because it stopped me this week from intermittent fasting. So like I was getting like used to, okay, I have to be with one kid at a summer camp from like nine to two. It takes me almost an hour to get there. Then I have like a break in between where I'm able to come home, change my clothes because I'm sweating my ass off, eat, and then go to my next kid from 3.30 to 6. But I like didn't know – Like I was like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to eat and when I'm not. Like can I bring food there and store it somewhere? Can I not? Which I can't. So I've just been eating like a peanut butter sandwich while I'm there, which is fine. But it's like I didn't know. Like I really didn't know what was going on. So I didn't intermittent fast all week. So it was an AO for my intermittent fasting, which I just I love doing. Like I want it to be a lifestyle for me, not just like a temporary thing unless there's a like medical reason why I can't like pregnancy or whatever, but I just right. really love eating that way. I feel so good. So that was like an AO for that. So I have like evaluated how I can like manipulate things and go back to it next week. So I started it again yesterday, but it's an EO. The schedule itself is an EO because I have been successful with like going to the gym because I do That's have to good. wake up at six, like between six and six fifteen to go. Mm-hmm. But before, I had to wake up at fucking 4.45 to be able to go. Right. And that so was sleep early. A little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Early. Like, it doesn't – like, at, when I first wake up, I'm like, oh, it's early. But then I, like – I get up a little bit earlier than I have to because I let myself lay there and go on my phone, which before I couldn't do because I had to get up at that time to, like, get up. Like, I needed to right. get up to put my clothes on to get out of my fucking house. But now I have, like, a little more room to play with. So it's just – I don't mind waking up at six earlier than six I refuse to ever do again Mm -hmm. now that I'm not Mm going to be a teacher anymore like I made that like a rule for myself that I will not wake up before 6 a.m but six is not that bad so um it's been an EO for me to like stay consistent and stay on this workout plan that I'm doing um and I feel like I just have time in my day to exercise to work to study and then I still have time to go to bed at a reasonable time and I don't feel like I'm dying Mm -hmm. um so that is like it's just been keeping me like consistent with the gym so it's like both at the same time oh yeah what is your schedule gonna be like when you go back to like you're done with the school right like what's your schedule gonna be after summertime well so I actually was talking because the school I worked for they started doing virtual school last year so basically, because of the pandemic, one of the employees there got like this idea. She's like, what if we offered like you to go to Cushman because that's the name of the school, but uh-huh. like virtually. So they have it set up kind of like college style. So they have it in like semesters. Mm-hmm. And um, they came to me with the I, like the opportunity to do it last year, but I didn't have the time. Like I just didn't because mm-hmm. um, it's for middle and high schoolers. Actually, only high schoolers. I'm sorry. Middle schoolers who are going into high school can do it in the summer. So I was like, oh, I just don't really have the time. But it's like by stipend. So they pay you per class. And then the stipend amount is depending on how many students you have. But mm-hmm. not one stipend is like under $3,500. So it's really not bad. Oh, wow. That's good. Um, and I was like, oh, I just can't. And then in the summer, they wanted me to do it again. And I said yes. But then mm-hmm. right when I said yes, a few days later, I got asked to do this case that I got in the morning. And I really needed – I knew I really needed to do that. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm sorry. I just like I can't. I just got this – case and they totally understood but she actually texted me I texted her a few days ago and she answered me yesterday because I've been kind of a little bit stressed about like financials and like what if I don't pass my test or even if I do pass my test I might have to wait a couple months to like get fully credentialed so I'm just like I've been kind of stressing that a little bit and because of like trauma I do stress finances like that is a number one thing for me that like if I don't have financial stability like I will not be able to function in my life like I can't 
So she's like, we have a lot of opportunities for fall coming up. So tomorrow she's actually going to email them to me because I can pick if I want to just do one class or two. Oh, so nice. I am going to stay with them to be a virtual school teacher because it's oh, like, awesome. again, it's like set up like college style. So like mm-hmm. two days a week, there's lecture. Most of the stuff is online. Um, it's a lot that of independent work. That sounds like a, being a professor. Right, right. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I yeah. can do that. Like, and I told my, I was like talking to my boyfriend about it yesterday. I'm like, you know what? Like, if I, even if I do pass my test at that point, like I'll make my schedule around that because I've committed to that. And right. like that, it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to get a, a caseload of fucking 45 kids within 24 right hours. Like my, yeah. my company doesn't work like that. So I know that that's not going to happen. So I'm going to stay with the school, but I am going to, Obviously, hopefully, if I pass the test, be a BCBA. But at that point, like, you kind of, like, from every BCBA I know, like, you make your schedule. So it's, like, how many kids do you have? Like, when are you supervising? Like, how many RBTs do you have? A company – and I did speak on Instagram about doing, like, remote work, too, which I would love to Mm -hmm. do. It's, like, a fully remote company. For BCBAs, their RBTs are live in person, but all their BCBAs are mainly remote. So I'd like to work for them, too. Because the goal is like before I move, like at least a month or two before I move, that I'm like fully remote somewhere so that when I do move in a year, I can kind of take my time to find a job and I'm still making income. Mm-hmm. So at that point, my schedule, like I feel like as of now and into, into the future, my schedule is kind of going to be however I make it. So I'll be yeah, able to stay the, consistent. That's the yeah. really cool thing about our our um, job, like as a BCBA, right. even if you are working with an agency, we have a lot of flexibility in our schedule. Um, right. So it would be really easy because I'm going to take on classes too at a professor and it, as a professor, and yeah. it's really similar. So like, you, there's only one lecture. You assign homework. You assign quizzes. You grade at your own time. So it's not like you have to be logged on nine to five. Right. It's like once a week you have to have like a dedicated lecture time. So let's say I chose Tuesday mornings at 10, then that's my slot. Yeah. 10 to 11, I'm unavailable and I can schedule right. the rest of my um, overlaps or my supervision around exactly. that, which is really easy because uh, our kids, obviously they're, they don't, well, some kids I have only have a session once a week, but most of our right. kids, we have, they have session like multiple times a week. So it's really exactly. easy to schedule and overlap during one of their one of their times so i wanted to ask you more about that really quick like mm -hmm. is that stipend pay too or is that like how does that work yeah it is okay exactly yeah it's exactly how you said it they pay per class so it's it's actually less than what you are would get paid it was 2500 a class but their classes are only like yeah like four to eight weeks it depends some classes are a month long so if you get that four-week class that's better but and if you did a couple, like two classes, it really depends. I, I want to say how much workload it is. Um, right, but right. Yeah, like how much, because they already have their, um, the pro, like the lesson plans and everything already done for you. Exactly. So yeah. If you want, though, like they said, like if you wanted to make your own lesson plan to kind of fit, like, like me, like health and fitness, like if I wanted to teach right, right. ABA in like different ways and, kind of have my own um, homework assignments, I could go out of my way and do that. And I do already have a lot of material because of my supervision I do with um, right. for my own company. I make PowerPoints. I, I do a yeah. lot of my own reading. So I could assign like those articles and do go That's that awesome. way as well. Yeah. So I think that that'd be fun. But if I was like completely burnt out, I could just do the lesson plan they gave me and just right, do the lecture right. and just did the homework grading, all that. And like all the quizzes are online. So they grade automatically. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it's, it seems pretty simple. I, I don't know. I'll let you guys know once it starts. Yeah. Yeah. But you too, I think we'll have like similar experience. Yeah. We'll definitely talk about it. I was so excited mm-hmm. to like that I'm doing that because like I have been so sad about not being a teacher anymore. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's going to give me like the best of both worlds to like still be able to be a teacher and get like what I get from that but then I'm gonna be a BCBA too so like I I love that job too but I've just been talking to one of my supervisors actually right now because she's like like teetering a little bit of like like I've just been in a clinician for so long like I'd love Mm -hmm. to work with more neurotypicals and in a school setting like Mm -hmm. as a behavior specialist like we've been talking a lot about it because I'm like there's just something about 
working with neurotypical kids. And there's something about working with neurodivergent kids too. Like, don't get me it's, wrong. When yeah. I was teaching, my entire class had dyslexia, ADHD, um, speech impediments. Like I had a lot of that. So mm-hmm. technically my kids weren't neurotypical, like quote unquote. Right. But, but developmentally, socially, they were. And right. there's just, it's something different. It's, there's good and bad in both, obviously. Um, well, and there's the a lot of good to- in both. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing when uh, we need to like let people know, like when you go in this field, when you are becoming a behavior analyst, like you're going to have your specialties. Some people are going yes. to have more experience working with um, early intervention, which is like one to three year olds. Some right. people are gonna have more experience working like in the neurotypical school setting or with right. severe problem behavior. So it's right. important to understand that you're not going to be knowledgeable in all these different cases usually you'll be specialized and that you you can be like the specialized BCBA that works with ADHD or dyslexia or whatever, or specialized in severe self-injurious behaviors or aggressive behaviors. And that's what we need. We need more people that are Mm -hmm. specialized in those settings. So, so they can teach us what to do and we can have someone to go to. um, And and these these cases that are really hard and difficult because they're kind of out of our scope. Because ABA yeah. is, like we talk about it all the time, ABA is applicable in a lot of different settings, but mm-hmm. it's applied in different ways. So it's not just like, oh, I'm going to use the same DRI program for this kid and that kid. Like it's right. it's same but different. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I like we're still growing. Like our field is still growing. We talk about this all the time. I feel like you're going to have to do your time in working in autism like I I have not met one person in this field who's never worked with autism before and you'll probably love a lot of things about it I do I never thought I would I never thought I was going to work with special education or anything like that I would always people would always ask me if I was going to when I wanted to be a teacher and I was like no I just want to teach English like I like writing like that's it but um I do love a lot of things about it but I also like I love being in schools I love being able to help teachers I love being able to help kids, families. I love being able to understand behaviors differently than others and be Mm -hmm. able to educate and advocate for those kids. So like I am going to stay in autism because it's just it's a great field to be able to create your own space and still make money. And that's what I love about it because I I love working in autism so I can have financial stability there. But I have the time in my schedule to be able to do other things, eventually create CEUs, become like yep. specialized in education and working exactly. with teachers and be able to do that eventually. And hopefully my goal is to like eventually open my own school. Like that's like the longest term goal I have. So like, right. but that's all obtainable because I feel like our field is one of the only fields where you really can get your, the experience you need and make mm-hmm. money at the same time. You just have to be a hard worker. Like if, yeah, if that's exactly. really what you want to do, it, it takes time and it takes hustle. Yep. But if you're willing to hustle, like you can, Exactly. That's the like one of the best things about it is right the fact that we don't have to go to well it just really depends. Like if you're at a school, I don't know how your school schedule works, but as right, right. for me, I'm in the like in the home and community setting. I don't have to go drive to an office and sit in a cubicle nine to five. Right. Like I can work um I can work do like a that. case nine to eleven. I can go to the gym, <laughs> I can go to the park yeah. with my son, and then I can go out a case from four to seven. And I worked right. my five hours because for my agency, we have to work a minimum of like five and a half hours a day. I can split up those hours however I want. And I have cases that go sometimes from to 9 p.m., which is fucking crazy. Um, right. But yeah, that's, that's just late. the only – it's really late. But the but the dad's a single dad and that's his only time off of work. So it's like – Oh, kind of, yeah. I, it's, yeah. I have cases that it's just – that's the only time the parents right. are available. So it's like – they kind of help with the bedtime routine and the wind down and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah, there's things that you can do, like have session. And then I know a lot of people experience like having to have kids eat dinner, like while you're like on a break, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, hey, let's, let's eat dinner and then go back to session. That's a very normal thing to do in our field, which I guess we'll right, get into right. um, in our episode. We are talking about the RBT experience. Exactly. So do you want to do our controversial statement and then go more into that? Okay. Just because I picked the one that you told me to do and I want to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Okay. (laughs) 
So our controversial statement today came from an Instagram post. I honestly don't even remember who posted it, but it was a BCBA. It wasn't an SLP this time. And um, it was it a BCBA. Said, yeah, she was a BCBA. She was a, holy shit. That's why I'm even more confused. Okay, so you guys will understand. <laughs> if um, Kayla, if you're listening, like leave a review because <laughs> I sent it to her too and we were like fired up. So oh these terms in applied behavior analysis are fear-based, archaic, old school, and should be seen as red flags. So I picked eight of them. There was more in the post, but I'm going to go through the eight and then we can like talk shit. So yeah. the first one is environmental change. The second one is token economies. The third one is FBA. The fourth is preferred activity. Five is edibles. Six is planned ignoring. Seven is reinforcement. And then eight is function of behavior. Function of behavior. Oh, Mike. Okay. First of all, how the fuck is she a BCBA? Literally, there's there's a whole class on FBAs. Okay. So functional behavior assessment that is needed for insurances like okay we need those to identify why behaviors are happening we need to know what the the function of behavior are they doing it for escape attention sensory that therefore we can go ahead and write our behavior intervention plan right so the fact that she said fba like literally we are ethically like tied to fbas if we want to implement our science FBAs is necessary. Every kid that has insurance based insurance paid ABA has an FBA. <laughs> That's why right. I'm like, I don't understand how you can have any type of therapy sessions without an FBA. Like, what the fuck do you guys do? So she isn't a BCBA, and I'm gonna say that with confidence because as someone who's working to be one, once I am one, that will be those letters will be on every document I ever have anywhere. Yes. So she's a behavior sure. consultant slash family coach. She doesn't have her credentials at all listed here, like mm-hmm. as in her degree. I'm assuming from that she probably has her master's and did not take the exam or didn't pass it because mm-hmm. she I might have the or she could have an undergrad degree in some yes, type of behavior just, science. Yeah. And technically, legally, she can be a behavior consultant, but that clearly shows she's not going by the BACB's ethical code, which, again, like well, Alex said. That's what, that's what we talked about before. You can technically call yourself a behavior consultant. I mean, right. that is that's the thing that's kind of that gray area. You can technically be a behavior consultant without having those letters which is right. scary, but also, I, I mean, I, I called myself a behavior consultant when I was um, I was still working on my master's. So right. I, I did it, too, without the BCBA, you know, letters and credentials, even though I was going on that route. But it's not illegal, but it's scary right. because she's calling herself a behavior consultant and she's talking shit about an FBA. That does yeah. not sit well with me. And the thing is, like, everything I listed here – okay, well, after I say this, we'll go into planned ignoring. But everything I've listed here – We can here, talk about the whole episode about this. Yeah, that, that's so true. But this is all, like, what the science is, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like if you are – to me, I don't get how you can be a behavior consultant. I don't think there's anything wrong with that this exam is fucking hard. And if you can make money like while you're preparing for the exam or maybe you didn't pass the exam or you just don't want to take it, you don't want to go through that route. You're like, hey, I know I can build this business and I have Mm -hmm. this money coming in. Like by all means, go ahead and do it because you have the master's, you have the degree, you're qualified. But then why would you not use the concepts of the science in what you do? This is everything that we do. If I don't know the function of a behavior, I cannot work with that behavior. That is literally no. behavior 101. We yes. have our four basic functions for a reason. Exactly. That's the whole reason we see behavior differently differently than the lay exactly. person anyway. Because exactly. I can see a child throw a toy. I could see four kids throw it to the same toy. And mm-hmm. all four of them will have thrown it for a different reason. And I can tell you exactly what that reason is and why. And if mm-hmm. I did that and I stood next to my boyfriend and we all looked at this, he would not mm-hmm. know. And that mm-hmm. is what sets us apart. And then exactly. for plan ignoring, like I know that's extremely controversial Oh, God, yeah, it is. I'm like so annoyed. It's very I controversial. Know. But if you 
ignore a specific behavior because you're not trying to reinforce the function of that behavior. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're ignoring the client, the child, the person, the adult, whoever it is that you're working with. You're not ignoring them entirely. You're ignoring one specific behavior. So for example, mm-hmm. my client right now is having a lot of um, perseveration. Like he, Perseveration mm-hmm. is a problem behavior for him. On Friday, he was perseverating a lot because he was going to see his dad. I, I made an Instagram post about it. I'm not yeah. going to go too into it. But my what intervention we have in place is he knows exactly how to use his planner. He knows he's going to see dad. He just wants to keep repeating it. And he wants me to acknowledge that he repeated it. After right. the, fir- the first time, I acknowledge it. The second time, we look at his planner together. We talk about it. I, I let him talk about it for as long as he wants. If sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's 30 seconds, but I ask him what he's going to do. We talk about it. We look at pictures of last time he was with dad. We do this whole thing. After that, I ignore that shit. I don't even fuck, but, but I don't ignore him. So he starts bringing it up and I'm like, all right, dude, um, what do you want to do right now? Like we're, we're already done talking about that. So what we're going to do is we can either play on the iPad together or we can start reading this passage before we have our break. What do you want to do? And then that's what I do. I redirect it and I do a gestural prompt to his calendar so that and sometimes that gestural prompt is enough he'll look at it he'll read it out loud to himself but that's Mm -hmm. fine that's planned ignoring and there's nothing unethical about that because there's no reason for us to keep talking about this like we've already talked about it you just want to perseverate on it and that's not functional yeah exactly and let's think why that's not functional like a person cannot get stuck People do this. Adults do this all the time where they get stuck on one event or they get stuck on one topic and then they escalate and spiral and it becomes like this just this cycle and they don't get anything done or no one wants to be around them. Right. I I mean, I've I've been in situations where family members do this and it's like, I got to go. Like, I don't want to hear the same story over and over again. Just because you're right. so fired up because some lady at the Walmart parking lot took your fucking parking space. Like, I don't want to hear right. the story 10 times. So people, adults do this and it's clearly not functional and it's it's hindering them socially. And there's a lot of hindrance in that. So there's a reason why we don't want behaviors to happen. And something like perseveration was, is clearly not like aggression or injurious to himself. But it's right. still a non-functional behavior when it gets to a point where it's the third, fourth, fifth time to bringing up the same topic. So there's right. there's reasons why we implement these these strategies on our intervention plan. It's not yeah. like we do it just to be cruel. No, no, I, I, absolutely not. And I get I get why ABA is controversial because like what is yeah. normal? Like what is typical? Like who gets to deci- decide the standards of typical? So I, I understand that, but to say that planned ignoring or edibles, like Right. (laughs) So I get like, I feel like reinforcement through edibles, which for us is food, right? Like we say Uh edibles. I remember the first time I said that to my boyfriend. He's like, what the fuck are you giving these kids? Like he thought I was giving them like an edible, like as a joke. Like obviously he wasn't serious, but it's like you fade that out too. It's not every single thing that they're doing. So like I had a a client, non-vocal, very low functioning, um, like was mm-hmm. almost five years old and still like level one on the VB map in some areas, like low, right? Right. right. Um, pairing with him was hard. I paired with him for like literally two weeks straight. This is my first client ever. Mm-hmm. And edibles were his favorite thing. He is a snacker. So I had veggie sticks. I had the bag while I was pairing. I had full control of the bag. Anytime right. he made eye contact to the bag or went to grab it, I pulled, I broke them up into little pieces. Yes. So the sticks were mm-hmm. in pieces. So it wasn't even a full veggie stick. I pulled out a piece. I gave it to him. We, we paired that way. I would use that as reinforcement during trials that were more difficult for him. Not every single trial. Exactly. So I wasn't just giving this kid little pieces of food. But for motor imitation, he was still at a level one at a, as five years old. That is right. hard for him. That's very, very mm-hmm. hard. I need something that is extremely high and extremely Powerful. high preferred reinforcer, which is another thing on this list that mm-hmm. is controversial and fear-based apparently. But it's I need something like, what are you going to work for? And we do that every single day in our life as humans. as adults, as neurotypicals, neurodivergent, whatever the fuck you are, everybody does this. Every single person works for something. You don't work for nothing. You don't go to work. You would not go to work if you didn't get a paycheck. Exactly. So to me, it's just, it's crazy. Like, I don't know if it's because a lot of people have bad relationships with food. And then if there's a parent who's not comfortable with edibles, my client now, his literal name 
is his favorite candy because we put our name like our client we don't put our client names on our documents because they're in google drive obviously mm. to keep like hipaa but i know first, who he is the first two initials last two initials not even it's literally by his like nickname for the company oh, and it's wow. a candy that he likes <laughs> i'm not allowed to give him this candy like i am not allowed his mom does not want us using it so we respect that. What we, yeah. my, my boss and I talk every single time that we would love to because he's very hard to work with and it would probably right. help us. Yes, but we don't because we respect the parents. So like, I don't see how edibles aren't fun- like ethical, but how, whatever. Right. Like, this is just, yeah. this list was crazy. Like this was yeah. insane. No, it's just crazy that the fun- FBA and then functions of behavior, I just don't understand how, what what is she doing? How is she consulting? Like what? Right. Because the thing that gets me most frustrated about it is you look on these profiles and you see what they're preaching. And it's literally ABA without the terminology. It's literally our our interventions, but it's just named differently or it's kind of just said differently. Like it's under a different name. Like it's just Mm -hmm. the same thing, though. Like it's like this is literally ABA. Like I don't understand why you just can't use the correct jargon. And right. just be done with it. Like what? And it's crazy how many people were in her comments reinforcing mm-hmm. her. I was so That's surprised. That's what always to see happens. That. That's mm-hmm. what always happens. And like w- environmental change, like, that's literally the most ethical thing we do is modify yeah. the environment for the client. Yep. I don't so just force it. the client to do what I want in my the way I want it. I never do that. I always look at the environment. I always look at what can I change in the surroundings that will make this easier for this kid. So it's just, it's really, this list was insane to me. It's like, that is literally everything we learn to do to be as ethical as possible. And you're saying it's not. So what are you doing? Are you babysitting? Right. I would like Like, to have someone like this on the podcast, honestly. And Oh my God. Yeah. Would you, cool. would you be down? Like invite? <laughs> yeah, I would. I could be nice. Yeah. I'm not like a bitch. I just would genuinely ask. I feel like we would ask hard questions. So we'd have to have somebody on here who's wi- like, and us too, like we have to be willing to hear yeah. it, but we have to also like have someone who's willing to like actually answer. Cause I will call somebody out if they're just giving me fluff shit. Like if you're right. telling me you don't look at functions of behavior, but then you're saying, I just see why the client's doing what they're doing. That's a function of a behavior. So don't fucking come on here and use shit that's the same thing, but you're just calling it something else because you're using it. exactly. Like that will piss me off. (laughs) Yeah, I would love to have someone on the podcast and just kind of see like what exactly are they doing and like how we can find some common ground. Because I think that's, honestly, people get a lot of reinforcement when you're controversial on social media. And I think that's a really big problem in our society. That's why we have extreme extremes on every topic, because the more controversial, the more outrageous, the more clicks and likes and reinforcement. So it just kind of like you you get higher and higher because you get more and more reinforcement. So you go more and more extreme. So I really think like do these people really believe what they're saying or are they just doing it because of the reinforcement? Right. Which is right. The function of their fucking behavior, which is funny. Yeah. It's attention. Part of all. Yeah. It's attention. <laughs> and that's so funny. We should have commented like, did you know the function of your behavior of this post is attention? I wanted to comment so many things, but like we said to each other and I told Kayla, like this person and the people in these comments are are not people you can talk to. And that's what's so unfortunate about it, because I wanted to say, like, I've actually used everything you've listed here in an ethical way that's worked. Mm -hmm. So can we talk about that? Because I don't understand, like, why this is such a problem. But then it's like what's going to happen there because I've done that before and it becomes like an attack on me it comes an attack on you her and all her little followers are going to comment and they're going to go on and on and they're not going to right they're not going to change their minds they're going to be that's whatever they believe it's not going to get changed in a comment section so it's just you know and then I saw someone else comment on the um on the post and same thing. She, no one else responded. I mean, no one, sorry. Am I, <laughs> someone walked in. I got really distracted. Okay. <laughs> I'm like so distracted right now, but there was no one that agreed with her. It was all of the same things like PTSD, traumatic experience. I'm like from a fucking token economy. I don't understand. Like we use them every day. Starbucks. That's a reward system. You are collecting tokens. You're collecting yes. points 
to reach a free drink, to reach a free mug, to reach a free bakery item, to reach all, exactly. like, all of them. Like it does. We use these all the time. It doesn't exactly. make sense. Yeah, but it does not. So that is what yeah, we need to talk I will, about there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's crazy. Like oh gas points. Doesn't like Chevron have like gas points or like I know. Yeah, uh, a lot of gas stations are doing yeah, that now because like, of the prices. They, yeah, like they have like um, partnerships with like grocery stores. So if you go grocery shopping like at Ralph's or whatever, you get like uh, gas points. I think it's Shell gas stations. So I mean, you don't use those fucking gas points in your discounts. It's that's scary. Same, that's scary. Yeah, me. I same can't concept. but yeah so oh my god that's great all right guys that was our controversial statement i guess we can go we were going to talk about our experience as rbts which i still am one so (laughs) my experience is still going on (laughs) but um where should we talk about like severe problem behaviors because we both worked with that i think the pros and cons too of it like I think we okay. did a live before. Didn't we do a live about this? Like the pros and cons of so. RBT? Something similar it's, to that, yeah. Yeah, because the being in the field, there's a high turnover rate for RBTs. Like it's really mm-hmm. bad. I think because we're so entry level, like you literally just need a high school diploma and you can get a job and your agency right. should um, do the training for an RBT like it should right you should you you shouldn't have to do this alone I know some people may go that route and try to get the credentials on their own but I don't know how they even do that it's so hard I don't know how either because doesn't um your friend Mercy do that they help yes yes I I still don't really understand how you need to ask (laughs) I'm gonna be honest yeah I have to (laughs) like she's explained it to me but I still am like I don't I don't know. But now it might be different because she is a BCABA and the person she does the business with is a BCBA. So I don't know if they're able to like apply. But she doesn't have cases with, though, right? She does, but with like another agency. She doesn't take clients. She just does the 40-hour training um, and then oh, gets maybe she set up works to take the exam, to take the test. I'm not sure. Um. Oh. Like, sorry mercy if you're listening i just don't really know and i don't want to explain it wrong because like i don't want to sound like i like yeah i don't, I don't think she's doing anything us. against the board i just like i don't understand how she does it like i don't know yeah maybe she works <laughs> with agencies but actually i actually did an rbt um competency it was like a reassessment like it was about to expire for one of my supervisees oh for my yeah own, my yeah. own business so i actually did the assessment with her um and then we just had like a a mock client so we had a mock client kind of yeah. do the – like I watched her, observed her do like a mock therapy session because we don't have clients. So at my um, – for, for my supervision, like I don't have any clients that I work with directly. So in order to do like, you know, we had to fake a therapy session. But it was fine. I was able to see all of the, her, her using a token economy is actually on the assessment. Yes, I saw her do like <laughs> stimulus control transfer. I saw her do mm-hmm. DTT and NET. So all of those things I was still able to – do the assessment and and get her recertified. So I had that experience, but I never had the experience of doing the 40 hour training. Um, So I'm curious. But anyways, I digress. The reason I think why we have such a high turnover rate is because it's very entry level. So you Mm -hmm. maybe you see this job on Indeed. It sounds interesting, but you have no experience. Like all you've done is work at Target or like starbucks or whatever so you're like you know what i want to try something different i'm tired of working retail i'm tired of working customer service let Mm -hmm. me try this job it looks cool you get hired you get hired at an hourly rate probably more than your target job well i don't know i heard right so you're like excited about it it's like a your first big girl job that's how i felt um you do your training and then you fucking get a case where it's like you're getting beat up all day, every day, and then mm-hmm. you're like, fuck this shit, I'm going back to Target. I see that happen like so much where we're not being honest enough up front during the training, I feel like. Yes, I, I think you get the, a good training where you know the strategies and you kind of understand what we're doing and you take the RBT exam and you understand all of the concepts. But when you get thrown in the field, you don't see your supervisor 
every session. Your supervisor's yeah. there maybe once a week. I like to try to start a case off with the RBT at least the first two days. I'm being completely honest. And then I'm like, all right, birdie, it's time to fucking fly because I have mm-hmm. 40 other cases. I can't hold your hand every single session. So I think right. this is why the support may be an issue and that's like a caseload thing. But I know like the turnover rate is really difficult and really high. So I know, I don't know. What do you think is the reason why RBTs are not sticking around? I think that's a big part of it because even in my training, I was exposed to the reality of what the job was a lot. Like, right. Because I had some BC ABAs in my training and they told me like, listen, you're going to get your ass kicked, girl. Like, it's going to happen. Like, you're going to get bit. You're going to get punched. Yeah, you're gonna that's get good. This. Like, they, Be honest. And, but the th- and um, during my 40-hour training, there was a section at the end where we had to watch a video um, that was made by parents. It seemed old, honestly. Like, the recording of it and the way they were dressed kind of se- seemed like early 2000s. Yeah. But um, it was parents just kind of giving, like, testimony of what it's like to have a child with a disability. I've seen that. And it I was extremely – yeah. Right. And I feel like it could be controversial because they were not sugarcoating it. Like it was yeah. extremely emotional. Yeah. Like to the, I'm talking like one of the parents on there was like, you know, I'm not going to lie. I have to think about like I've thought about how is my kid even really living? Like would it is it worth yeah. it that my child yeah. is alive because they are not doing anything in their personal life they're existing and this is a parent so like i'm not coming on here as a behavior tech like saying that about a client like these are parents talking about their kids like like one of them even said she was like i've mourned the death of my son and my son is alive because my son will never go to prom my son will never have a first kiss my son will never use the bathroom by himself like Mm -hmm. and it's like that is so heartbreaking but even with that with being exposed to all of that my first case ever was extremely rough like Mm -hmm. I've talked about it before he has every problem behavior that I've ever worked with he's had the only thing he never did Mm -hmm. he never bit me that that kid never bit me but that was the only thing that he did not do to me and it was rough like it was really hard because I've Mm -hmm. I've worked with kids at as of right now for eight years like my entire mm-hmm. adult life I have worked with children I've never worked with children like this so I was right. like holy shit this is hard and the thing is yes. what I do love about our field because I feel like it keeps us as ethical as possible is that a lot of our intervention is very slow like right now I have my client in the afternoon he's very high functioning he's actually in like general ed classes um right but he doesn't really like want to do anything like he doesn't want to do anything with me he doesn't he doesn't not like me because he'll talk to me but I don't even have the instructional control yet to be like hey buddy like come over here and he just walks Mm -hmm. over like that's I'm working on him complying to come to me and me just letting him go like the reinforcement is letting him like leave that's slow like I have to do that for a week that's like and I have to do it like every five minutes seven minutes ten minutes I have to like change the the latency in between every time I do mm-hmm. it but it's like holy shit like that's like this learner is more than capable to do way more I've done way more with way less given to me but like that's right. where he's at so with this other case it was very slow because again like I said he was a level one a level two in some places and he was five almost six years old like he should have been mm-hmm. almost out of the VB map to be honest like right. but he wasn't so it was a lot and I feel like for me, I was already in grad school. I knew I wanted to be a BCBA. I knew what a BCBA was. I knew what it meant. I knew what I could do with it in the future. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with it like I know I, now. But I, all of I those things were my why. Know that. Yeah, but I don't right, think and, it, most people don't yeah. understand the whole BCBA route. I get that question a lot when I'm in the field, like trying to pick my brain, like understanding, oh, like, do you just get promoted? Like, how does this work? So I, I a lot of people don't understand the even like what an rbt is i i feel i think like those videos that you're saying is good but i don't think it's enough like i know in training they do a lot of like role play like with the other trainees and it's like not the same because when you're trying to do a a trial of just motor imitation and your kid can't even sit down and they're flailing their arms and they're not even attending to you that's way different than a role play with a different trainee who's just like do this 
and then the yeah the and person they do does it. this and you give them <laughs> yeah. the bear and like yay and then the train the trainer is like good job that's great like next next we're gonna right. learn how to do whatever and it's like that's not enough training but well I the- had <laughs> the thing that's cool about my place is that all of my so you get trained through the verbal operants so that's what Alex is talking yeah. about our verbal operants are introverbals, mm-hmm. listener response, tax, mans, echoics, motor imitation. Am I missing Learner, one? Uh, listener, listener response. Yeah, I saw oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's, that's it. That's it. The Inter- six, intervals, right? intervals. Yeah, I said that too. So all yeah, of those okay. things you have to master as – for me, I did those with clients, with BCABAs. Mm-hmm. I was in their session and I had to get trained on that with their client. So I had to That's pair awesome. with their client and that was great exposure too. Obviously they didn't give me cases where I was getting my ass kicked. I did have, I had one right. pretty, like he was pretty easy to work with. And the other one was a little bit rough, like a little bit of non-compliance, but not like mm-hmm. quick to recover. But it gave me exposure to like, okay, this is what non-compliance can look like. This is what like frustration can look like. So I did really like that. But I think if you don't have a why to why you want to be an RBT, mm-hmm. You're not going to stay because I made the decision. I got introduced to what an RBT was and I asked that person, how can I progress? Because I don't want to just stay there. Like what can right. I, what, what else is there? She explained everything to me, what a BCABA was, what a BCBA was, how to get mm-hmm. to all these things. And mm-hmm. I made that decision before I became an RBT that I was going to be a BCBA. I was right. like, I you will not become that. an RBT because I can be a teacher and I can make way more money. Right. Um, not like millions because teachers get paid shit, but way more than an RBT yeah, does. Exactly. Um, so I knew from that moment that like that's not where I was going to stop. So I knew that this was just a season in my life and this is what was going to make me a better supervisor because if I don't go through this, how can I supervise exactly. my supervisees when I've never done it before? So I yeah. think that's a huge thing is what you're saying. A lot of people – come out of high school they're like I don't want just like some shitty job I don't want that retail job I don't want a McDonald's job I want a job that means something and I want to make decent money and Mm -hmm. at 18 I mean if I was 18 making 16 an hour I would have been on cloud nine at 22 with my bachelor's degree I was like fuck that sucks you know like that's not but I had to do it um so I get that but then I think that's what happens is there's not a real why as to why they're there someone when I was training said that the BCBA that um, did our like one of our training sessions was like, oh, why is everybody here? And I was like, I want to be a BCBA. Like I have this. I like I just said all this stuff, and I was like, I don't care how crazy I sound. Like I will be like where you're at. Like I know I will. But that is so this- unusual. I right. Most, I was the only I, one yeah. there. Mm-hmm. I was the yeah. only one there yeah. that said that. that I was the only so one there unusual. with a degree. Mm-hmm. The other two had high school diplomas, and they were like, exactly. it seems like good money. And I was like, what? You're like lie. you're sitting in sun in front of someone like. At that time, I was so, like, wide-eyed to a BCBA. Like, I'm, I still am because it's hard. Like, now that I'm in the process of it, it's a lot of work. But I yeah. felt that. I was like, I feel like I'm in front of a doctor. Like, this is a BCBA. Like, you're sitting in front of a BCBA and you're telling them right. it's just good money. Like, how embarrassed are you? Like, I was, like, secondhand right. embarrassment because I was like, this person has worked so hard to get to where they're right. at. And they're sitting here and giving us their knowledge. And you're going to sit there and just say, like, it's for the money. So I think that's the problem. People do it because it seems like the wrong a chill, things. easy job. And then they're yes. like, wow, I'm get, I'm literally getting beat up. I'm not – I do not get paid enough for this because I feel like that. No. I don't get paid enough then, to do my job. <laughs> like, I don't. Another thing I think why the turnover rate so high is because of the pay. I mean, $16, $19. I started at 19 Well, actually, I started at $16 and I ended yeah. like around 1950 um, right before I before I got my master's and they um, jumped to 23. Um, so, I mean, it does go up as you like get your credentials or get your degrees. Yes. But 1950 is not that good of money when all of your cases are constantly canceling or they only assign you one or two cases or they assign you cases that you get pulled off of. So there's so many different variables. It's not like you get paid 1950 for eight hours a day. It's not like that. You, you may have a case that's only two hours a day or like three times a week and they're still trying to build your caseload. So the hourly wage may seem better than most jobs, but it's not the same in a sense you clock in and clock out. And then you have to drive right. to different jobs. So it depends on the gas and the mileage. Right. So I think that's another reason it's not what it seems because they're like, oh, we'll give you oh. 20 hours. And then next thing you, you know, you only are working. No, you're working 10 hours a week because your client's sick. How And then how are you going to pay or, rent? Or 
like this week I have, I have 25 hours scheduled with my client who's at camp. Certain activities and stuff, there's no point for me being there. Like for example, they go in the pool for two hours, two days a week. If I'm sitting there, like I don't go in the pool with him. There's no reason for me to be there. So I have to leave. This week I had to send his parents the form to sign to, so I can convert all the appointments because I don't see them. And it was at 1550. I have missed 10 of my hours. And then he tells me and my boss on Friday that next week he's not going to be here. And I'm like, what? So we call his mom. Well, I texted his mom and she's like, oh, it's not next week. It's the week after. And I'm like, okay, but you didn't tell me that. So now I did my budget because I need Mm -hmm. to know, like, what am I going to have? This is what I'm going to pay my bills with. This is what I'll be able to save. And now I'm missing an entire week of work that I did not even know about. I would have probably known about the Friday before. Right. Like, why didn't you tell me if you knew in advance that this kid was going to be out for a whole week? A whole week. Yeah. They don't understand. I don't think parents understand uh, the severity of it. Like, this is how you're supposed to live. Um, right. Your life, you know, this is your livelihood. So I, yeah. that happens a lot. We're like, oh, we're going to cancel. Oh, we're going on vacation. Yeah. So I think that's a big factor on why RBTs don't yeah. stay just because they can't afford it. I know I talked about this before. Like, I had several gig jobs. Like, I was doing Postmates. Yep. I was doing Lyft, Uber. Um, I worked um, babysitting part time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you kind of if. And the reason why I did that and I didn't say, fuck this, I'm going to get a full time job at an office or whatever is because I knew I was going to become a PCBA. So I had to get my hours done. I had to. Right. Do, had right. To That's this. me too. So yeah. that is the reason why a lot of us, the BCBAs who were obviously RBTs, they were able to stick it out because they knew there was going to be an end in sight where you can yeah. be a BCBA and you, you get salary pay. And it's like so much more financial relief because it is that yeah. you know that paycheck is coming regardless of cancellations. Like every two weeks, I know I'm getting this much. There's no if ands, or buts because right. I'm, sal- I'm a salary employee. So I think those reasons are what kept like Ashley and I like going as an RBT. But if you don't have For that sure. and you don't want to be a BCBA, it's really easy to say, fuck this. I'm, I'm quitting. So easy. No, for sure. Cause that that's the whole reason I went back to the classroom last year because I I could not afford it. And I remember talking to my supervisor because I thought I was gonna have to lose the case that I was able to stay on it. But she was like, you know, I don't I don't want to lose you. Like, you know, you're gonna make a lot more than a teacher, like once you're once you pass this test, like it's one mm-hmm. more year. And I was like, I don't want to leave the company. If I have to leave this case, I have to leave this case. But right. I can't live. Like I cannot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. afford to live right now. So yes, mm-hmm. I know that in a year I'll make double what I make at this at this job I'm getting. Like literally, it's, not it's double. Me now. Mm-hmm. But that does not help me today. Like yep. I can't afford to live like this. I am 25 yep. years old. Mm-hmm. Like I cannot do this. And she was like, "I get it. Like I get it. You're right. It's like, but I still stayed mm-hmm. and I still I worked fucking 12, 15 hour days all year because I was like, I need these hours." I need mm-hmm. them. So, yep. but yeah, like if we weren't going to be BCBs, why the fuck would we have stayed there making that? What? Yes. No, yes. we wouldn't have done it. There's no way. I, th- there needs to be a better system um, for about pay. Like my company started doing this and I, I think this is bullshit. If you get an at-the-door cancellation, which is defined by my agency, if they, cl- if they cancel within two hours of session, I think that's bullshit, first of all. I think a cancellation policy should be 24 hours or less. Um, I agree. So if even if they called like 11 p.m., 10 p.m., 6 p.m. in sessions tomorrow at 10 or whatever, I think you should still get paid for that session. But I'm not, you know, I'm not paying these people, so I can't say pay them. But I think that was right. a better policy because I did have an agency that did that and they paid me for 24 hours or less. But the one I'm at right now, it's two hours or less is at the door and they have to send them to do like admin work. I'm not really sure what that means. I don't know if they... I don't know. I don't yeah. know what that means. But they go to the office. So if your client cancels, you have to go to the office and do admin work, and you get paid. I shouldn't have to do that. That's not my fault. No, no, that's, that's ridiculous. But if you don't, if you don't do that, if or you don't get rerouted, like let's say we have a cancellation from th- a therapist canceled, so you get subbed onto another case. If you don't get rerouted, if you don't accept the admin work, then you don't get paid. And I think that is terrible because. That's not their fault that they got no. canceled at the door like two hours before session. 
that used to piss me off so much because I would have my whole day planned. I'd have my son at daycare. I would have my lunch packed, my gym clothes packed because I used to go to um, the gym between sessions. And if one of my clients canceled, my whole day is off because I just planned around these sessions. So it's just like it's really frustrating and it's really easy to just be like, fuck this. I don't, you know, like I'm not going to do this. This is not this is not stable. I don't know what my day is going to look like because of these cancellations. No, for sure. I think that our service and I don't know if this might just be where we live because, you know, I do live in a very high like. Like a lot of a lot of people have Medicaid, okay. Like a lot of people yeah. have like government insurance, mm-hmm. whatever. There's nothing wrong with that, but because of that, when if we get a client canceled like that without, so we say like client canceled with or without um, notice. Without notice mm-hmm. is two hours or less. Mm-hmm. My the family nine times out of ten has to pay for my time. Oh, really? Do you know how many times? Yes, because of that. Because I'm I'm assuming, because I'm not a BCBA yet, maybe with private insurance, they will cover that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us don't work with private insurance. So mm-hmm. why would they pay if I didn't stay? Medicaid's not going to fucking pay if you weren't there. Yeah, yeah, right. So they put that cancellation fee on the parent, on the family. Oh, wow. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, to be honest. No. I feel like that's um, our family our field is professional enough that it should be held that way where it's like this yeah. is explained to you when you come into contract with working with our company and until you pay this bill, you cannot receive services again. I think it should be like that because I think so too. Why I, and not? so many other professions do that. I mean, I right. like just regular talk therapy. If you go see like a, a family counselor, they have cancellations fees and doctors have cancellations. Right. It's not but the just problem is us. like I've had situations where this happens or they're late to pick up their kid um Mm -hmm. so now and i was like at the center when this happened she was literally 30 minutes late that's almost an hour of my time and actually it basically is because i have 15 minutes of data entry in my schedule so now you're 45 minutes past so 15 more minutes that's an hour pay for me an hour of pay for me it happened multiple days in a row and then by the last like but during that time my boss was like, I was new to the case. I was a new RBT, like literally just a few months into my first case. She's like, I'll talk. To, I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to talk to her. It happened every day that week. I was with this kid for 30 hours a week, by the way. So that extra right. 30 minutes felt like eternity. Like I right. was like, you need to pick up your kid. So the last day I told my boss, I was like, I will not come next week if this happens on Monday. Like she has Monday and if it happens on Monday and I'm not paid for my time, I will not continue to come until she yeah, has signed something sure. saying she will – or we can extend the hours and I will stop going to her house on Saturdays because I go there right. for two hours and all of that can be put into the times that she's late all week and we'll just use it exactly. as that. Yeah. She was never late again, but I, but I did not get paid. That's not – Because that's not. she would not pay it. Right. That's not my fucking problem. But of yeah, course I stayed because I I had to. Like, just this leave kid, the kid. This kid never canceled, of course. You know, like those right. are the ones that never canceled. But like it's just like fuck, like my like I am not 15 working at Tommy Hilfiger anymore. Like I am an right. adult. I am a grown woman with a bachelor's degree. I have a fucking car that I drive to your house that I know you see in the driveway. I pay for that shit. Pay me. Like, that's not fair. Like, why are we seen as not professional enough to be paid out of pocket? Why? I am a service provider. I have a license by a board that I answer to. I have a hierarchy in my company for Mm -hmm. especially like at the I have a bachelor's degree. Like, I'm not just anyone coming to work with your child. You trust me enough to be with your kid 30 hours a week without you looking at me. Why can't you pay me for my time? I don't think that's fair. So I think something needs to be done about that because I think that's a huge reason we have yep. such a turnover rate is the pay. It 100% yeah. is the pay. For sure. Because when you clock in and clock out and you you clock out 45 minutes late, the, that company's paying you. So we should They're be the you. same. It's, yeah. So it, it doesn't – I think that's a huge reason why the pay, the scheduling, and then, of course, the problem behaviors that are really severe. So, I mean I, – Oh, yeah. Running out of time here. I so said we, we can talk about, I like, <laughs> more, more on this, on, like, how – 
to deal with this or how to approach how to approach your employer and how to advocate for yourself. I think it's really yeah. important for you to advocate and say, hey, this parent is doing this. They're canceling all the time. I'm not comfortable going to this house because I drive and waste my gas. And then you want to reroute me and I can't do that. That's too far away. Whatever, whatever it is. Like that's your that's your schedule. That's your time. That's your paycheck. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to advocate and try to push the employer to either like change their policies or talk to the parents because it's right. not fair. It's not fair that this is your job. This is your livelihood. Um, we're not doing this for funsies. No, no. Um, did, did you do the the task list? I, I copy and pasted the other one because we yeah, never okay, did it last we didn't time. Do it. You know what's so funny yeah. too? Okay, it's called a, it's, it's the it's called a task list, not a task oh analysis, God. right? Guys, we've been calling that. it a task analysis forever, and, and no I was one's like, corrected us. Oh my God, task <laughs> list breakdown. Task analysis. Okay, let me. I need to tell you what a task analysis is now, so you guys don't think that we're fucking stupid. A, t- a task analysis <laughs> is basically like um, steps it takes to do something. So you break down a specific behavior into multiple steps. You can chain it forward or backward. So you can start from the beginning. You can start from the end. But it's broken down. So like basically say it's like washing your hair. So you first put shampoo in your hand. Then you rub your hands together. Then you put your hands to your head. Then you scrub your scalp. That's a task analysis breakdown. Exactly. So um, we're not stupid. We know what a task analysis is. I think it's just we're so used to saying task analysis. But this is the the task list. The BACB task list is what we're doing. How funny is that? I know. I was thinking. I was thinking the other day. I'm like, oh my god, we call it a task analysis breakdown, but it's actually a task list breakdown. We are no breaking one down anything, the- <laughs> even with guests and all. This is why I failed the test. I'm just kidding. Stop. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, but even with guests, what the fuck? Like, we've had B- other BCBAs on here, and they haven't said anything. <laughs> they, maybe they thought like we were doing like a task analysis. Oh. I don't fucking know. Oh my god, that's so funny! Oh my god, I love that hashtag, Alan. Not for funsies. I'm gonna fucking make that the title of this show. <laughs> that's so funny. Okay, task yes. list breakdown, and then we'll be done. Okay. Yes, yes, okay. So, what did you choose? You did section H, H selecting and implementing interventions. I'll read it because I don't even know the answer, so I'm not gonna see what the answer. Oh, okay. okay yeah, so I'll read it. Can, like, uh, I'll try to guess. So monitor client progress and treatment integrity. And so you did H6 and H7, making database decisions about the effectiveness of the intervention and the need for treatment treatment revision. Right. Example, a new BCBA was recently promoted in her company and temporarily assigned to a new case whose original BCBA was going on maternity leave. The two BCBAs met up for a transfer training session at the clinic office. After the transfer training ended, the new BCBA noticed there was no discussion of data collection or visual representation of how the client was progressing through their BIP. The new BCBA asked the current BCBA about this and got their response. I usually just have my RBT send me an email at the end of session with a summary of how things went. I then use that information to make any necessary changes. In regards to the fifth edition task list, so you said it right there. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Okay. What the fuck? Section H, selecting and implementing intervention. What is the origi- original BCBA in violation of with this quote, unquote, data collection method? Well, I don't fucking know what the exact answer of what this is, but clearly they're not taking accurate data and it's not the well, thing I tell all of my uh, RBTs is if you do not take data in that moment, just don't take data at all because that's going to be really subjective. So I would say they're just violating that they're not being objective. Um, they're not, I don't know. What's what's the actual answer? So it's, <laughs> it's what you read. It's both H6 and H7. So like oh. I picked H6 at first. Okay, and I read H7, answer. and I was like, honestly, I feel like it's the entire section H, oh, treat- to be honest. Yeah, treatment integrity, making database. Yeah, but, oh, okay, I get it, okay. But that's what you basically what you said. Like, there's no objective decisions being yeah. made. Like, not- so I feel like we do this, like, obviously, because we're go- we go through the task list. 
But if you don't know H6, H7, A5, I don't fucking know that shit either. I'm not going to remember. There's some people out there that can be like, you're in violation of B3 and B7. And I'm like, wow, that's yes. great. I have no yes. fucking idea like how they do that because we have A through K and that shit is fucking wrong. And it gets, and there's like a little, there's like AK5, AK6. Like, so it's like, yes. it gets even more in detail. Right. But if that, you can like letters. at least like alex literally said what it was without saying yeah, like, make oh database decisions about the yeah. effectiveness of the intervention like you shouldn't have to say it like exact word for word, but that's what it is like how i'm getting right. an email at I, the end of session like what the fuck can you imagine someone collecting data like that right like, <laughs> like what do you like what goals was like what were the goals ran like i don't understand like was right. it like was there right there's so much that goes into data yeah, yeah, like, are, is there what prompts were used? How many trials were there? Like, there's just so many things you can ask. Was there a task analysis? Like, was there not? Like, we don't know. So, yeah, that's that was from last time, but we didn't get to do it. But I thought it was we forgot. A good we one. forgot to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, we were supposed to have a guest. It just it was yeah. Ashley and I, so it was kind of definitely off the cuff today, but. We can talk, so. Yeah, we can always talk. <laughs> we fine. can always talk. So yeah. you guys can uh, email us at abaonapod at gmail.com. You can find our Instagram at abaonapod. Please subscribe now wherever you're listening. Rate and review if you're on Apple Podcasts. We are going to do like a giveaway, like a $10 whatever gift card for whoever fucking reviews us first. And then from there, yeah. we'll do like a raffle once we get enough reviews, but we are trying to incentivize and reinforce. So please review and you can find my personal Instagram at objective outcomes. And you can find me at behavior with Ash. And thanks for listening. Thanks guys. Bye.